Ah, I'm loving the music. Are dancing right now to this wacky Christmas music. <laughs> Which one do you think is it? One guess, guys. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome back to Make Your Daily, presented by BetMGM, Matt Egros, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Guys, I think it's safe to say uh, the three of us made a ridiculous number of bets uh, over the past calendar year. I don't want to know how many bets I've placed, but it doesn't matter because we are active in this space. We love being active in this space. And of course, BetMGM has been there every single step of the way. And it's a good idea to look back upon this year to see what people cared about, what people won money with, all that good stuff. And so, Aaron, tell us about this year in review at BetMGM. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have a few different categories to go over. Some surprising, some not so shocking here. So BetMGM Insights Year End Review. We have the most bet events by ticket. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Hmm, not a shocker, right? <laughs> I mean, all of us are betting the Super Bowl. I even thought about, oh, I should teach all my girlfriends how to bet because they're always asking me, you know, before this next Super Bowl in 2024. But yeah, everyone, even people who don't bet every day like us bet on the Super Bowl, right? They just asked about the Super Bowl? Like that's the one time it comes up of the year? Well, one uh, of my friends just asked, she's like, "I the NFL season's almost over. It's kind of late, but like, can you teach me? I just get people, my girlfriends <laughs> DMing me, can you teach me like yeah. a couple times a month? And I'm like, you know what? I should just have a big party and show everyone what to do one night. You, you know? should. Yeah. yeah. A little yeah. primer. YouTube streamer. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you make a couple of bucks that way. Out of yeah. go on tour. Yeah, coming to a city near you. That's not right. I I've seen I've seen those things pop up like those sorts of events. Like yeah, where you have a stage and you know people, especially when you get uh, new markets that have gone legal. Like people, that's a good idea. Or I thought before Super Bowl mm -hmm. or March Madness. There's a couple times on the calendar year where you know you could take advantage of something like this and have some Pe fun people don't. It. They have no idea what betting terms mean. There are people that start off. I mean, I know it sounds crazy to a lot of our listeners, but like they don't understand the point spread. They don't know what it means. Right. There's still people who comes across the screen. They don't. It's because it's everywhere now. They still don't know what it means or, or how you end up covering or what the minus means or what the plus means. I don't think my wife does. And I think really? it can be overwhelming and yeah. intimidating to where, you know, they're just like, oh, forget it. But like they do want to learn because now they're seeing it everywhere. Yeah. Yes, correct. How many of us have family members, like close family members, who do not know what spread total, all of these betting terms? Oh, absolutely. A lot of them. Uh -huh. I, let me think. I'd say the majority. Okay. I think I've learned my yeah. dad might be more of a degenerate than I knew about. He didn't expose it to you? Chip <laughs> off the old block there. I'm like, wait a second. How do you know all this stuff? Where, where, how long have you been gambling for, dad? But yeah, most of my family probably doesn't know that much about it. But I have learned. I'm like, my dad knows way too much about this. I have questions. <laughs> my yeah. sister knows all about it but she didn't learn it from me she learned it from my brother-in-law and i feel a little slighted mm. like i get paid to talk about this stuff every day but she didn't learn these lessons from me learned it from the hubby so there's that 
I wouldn't feel slighted. She just wants oh. to make sure that she, that she knows we're not going too far. We're not betting beyond our means, probably, as far as that yeah. goes. Like, you do what you <laughs> yeah. want, Ed, with your money. But this is my money now. I need to make sure we're not going crazy. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't even offer so, that many tips. But yeah. For most bet events by ticket, it's like Super Bowl, AFC Championship, NFC Championship. I think we can all agree. Probably not that surprising there, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Top events for the customer money one. This one, one of these surprised me. The Seahawks at the Cowboys, November 30th. I was a bit surprised by that one. And then we've got Nebraska at Colorado, Colorado at TCU. I mean, come on. The Dion thing, it was everywhere. So um, I could see <laughs> the why. The Dion stuff. Was, yeah. The Dion stuff. Prime okay. time. My guess on Seahawks-Cowboys is that was an island game Thursday night. It was a shootout, so every overprop just demolished. That'd be my guess of why that ended up being a good day for the customers. This is fascinating. We knew it was just out of control with Dion early in the season when they were winning games and people were hitting those uh, crazy money line numbers. But for us to still sit here going into the final few weeks of the regular season and to say – that a Colorado game against Nebraska, there's only one NFL event that won more money for betters than that one. I mean, that's crazy. And then number three was the, the Colorado TCU game. That's wild to me. Because first off, like college football, NFL, it's just not at that level unless until we get to those playoff games. But for an early in the year, I mean, that's just how crazy it was with Dion, and people just swept up in it and taking taking Colorado on the money line. What were the biggest losers, Paul? The uh, they don't they don't, they don't want to promote that. It's probably a real oddly long not included. <laughs> huh? Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Exactly. Curious. I don't know. I wonder too. We're talking about the whole Dion Sanders mania. If say the people who were likeliest to kind of get wrapped up in all of that mania are also the likeliest to bet on such things in terms of just the population who cared about Deion Sanders and Colorado and all of that stuff. There are also people who would bet on such things compared with say oh, yeah. other college football where it's all about the pageantry and, you know, winning games and all of that stuff. Like you have very popular programs that get a lot of attention, but maybe not from betters or people who are likely to bet. And I wonder if maybe that's sort of, you know, skewing things a little bit. Also, like right around this time, September 2nd, September 9th, I went to California to visit my family around Labor Day. And like we had a big family party and it was like what everyone was talking about was like, mm -hmm. have you seen what Colorado is doing? You know? Yeah, sure. it was crazy. No, well, it was and everybody's for itching for football at that time of year. You're yep. itching for it, but also with college football, before you get to the conference games, there's nothing that everybody can grab onto. Like everybody was in on this one side or the other. Sharper betters, like Brad Powers, who we're going to talk to later in the show. He was he was betting against it. And eventually he was proven correct. And then, you know, you look kind of dumb early on it, but people, uh, you know, quickly forget. Or I, I'd like to see it a week by week how the action dropped for Colorado games. Because like, it, it was through the roof, as you see right here, most bet on action every single week. And then everybody seemed to forget about them.
So they stopped playing noon kickoffs Eastern time. And then they started uh, looking at like late night games on the East Coast. I wonder if that had uh, any kind of impact and playing Colorado State closely. And then after that, like, you know, the mania was gone and therefore the bets were gone. Yep, for sure. For sure. You want to talk about these uh, win totals? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. For this year? Um, yeah. So... With three games left, we've got a handful of uh, win totals that have already cashed. There are seven overs locked in. There are seven unders locked in. So, yeah, nearly uh, half the league here is cashed. That's wild, guys. And and I know uh, we preach betting these alt numbers, but with about half the league already uh, in the house, like, that's amazing. Like Again, remember that next year when you go over your win totals, uh, alt numbers is the way to roll that about half the time. And, and, and I think this is typical. I remember uh, looking this up in the past that, yeah, like it's not by the hook by at least half. A lot of times it ends up being by a couple of games. And as far as the overs, yes, many of those in right now are up by a half, but it's going to be more when it wraps up. But how about the ones that have already hit by multiple games? Baltimore's was eight and a half. They have 11 wins going into uh <laughs> this game against San Francisco. Uh, Indy was six and a half. They're already at eight. Houston, five and a half. They're already at eight. You know, we still look at that AFC South and and trash the division. And yeah, I do think it's on the weaker side, but we got multiple teams here that have hit their win total over by multiple games. Yeah, I mean, the Texans won. Uh, the Ravens... Uh, I guess it does seem low looking at it, but it's the Ravens are just this team that doesn't seem super sexy. So it's like, you never quite yeah. know, like, you know, they're going to be around eight, nine, but going over that early, that's impressive. Yeah. I guess these, well, with these the Ravens, are not as shocking. Well, with the Ravens, you were kind of splitting the difference, right? Because on the one hand, they yeah. play in a really, really tough division you know, talking up the Bengals, talking up the Browns, like where would the Ravens fall? Like we could see Baltimore finishing third in that division. So what number would you get as far as that's concerned? The other concern was that Lamar Jackson can get injured. If he's running mm -hmm. that much, then are you going to Huntley? Are you going to someone random at quarterback? If that's the case, they're going to lose a lot more games. And so a lot of this was kind of splitting the difference. But it goes back to your point, Joe, that if you believe the Ravens can go over this number, then they're probably going way over it. Because this idea of splitting the difference is more about hedging from a market perspective. Talk about hedging from customer perspective. But what about from the market perspective? That's kind of what happened as far as I'm concerned. So if you are going to back the Ravens or some team with a bunch of unknowns, maybe in a tougher uh, division, easier division, then yeah, go nuts over or under. What's the win total if we know that Joe Burrow is going to miss half the season and that the Browns would be on quarterback four at this point in the year? Like that was always the question with the Ravens about that win total is yeah, but it's such a challenging division. And like the Steelers mm -hmm. thing is looking, looking a lot worse uh, than we expected. And yeah, I mentioned seven unders, a lot of disastrous situations, Carolina head coach out chargers head coach already out. Vegas is not on that list, even though they fired uh, their coach. Like, um, maybe we'll have to circle back to this because there's a lot of interesting situations. I think a lot of people would point to the Bengals one. Oh, it's under because of Burrow. No, it's not. Like there, mm -hmm. There's more to learn from what happened with the Bengals season and some of these other unders and overs that, that have already cashed.
Absolutely.